Well, good morning and good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to episode three of the Be Data Lit podcast. I'm Alan Hillary here with my co-host, awesome co-host, Sarah Nell Rodriguez. And we have an extremely cool special guest today on the podcast. So I mean, he even has a cool hat. Come on. I know. That's true. I like that hat. He's won it. Yes, I like the hat. He won it the last time. So. It, hides, it hides my bald head. <laughs> but, but nobody would know that just because you look so chill with that hat right now. I know. Yeah. Without further ado, I definitely want to introduce Jacob, um, Jacob Martinez with us. And he is the co-founder and CEO of Digital Nest, where the Nest stands for Nurturing Entrepreneurial Skills with Tech. So Digital Nest is a workforce development empowerment center. They're located in Watsonville and Salinas and Gilroy, I believe, too, California. And uh, what they've been doing, they've been doing some really awesome work, and I'm definitely going to let Jacob talk more about it. But they're connecting youth to skill building, to a skill building community. Um, they're supporting their growth and their transformation, and you know, just making sure that they're prepared to enter the workforce. So, Jacob, welcome. Um, we definitely want to, you know, learn more about you and how you started Digital Nest. So, I'm going to let you kick it off. Thank you. Thanks for, uh, for inviting me um, to be a guest on your show. We're excited to have you. So from what Alan was just talking about Digital Nest, uh, you're very community focused with Digital Nest, aren't you? Can you tell us a bit more about it than what we can read on the Internet? Yeah, I guess it's it's um, probably helpful to kind of start with kind of the origin story. That's what yeah. um, led us to where we're at. And so... Um, just like, so I'm the founder of Digital Nest. I founded it back in 2014. Um, but prior to that, I was doing uh, lots of work in terms of trying to get more representation in computer science. And so I was, I was with another nonprofit for eight years, doing lots of great work, um, all funded by the National Science Foundation. And um, kind of just reflecting on all that work and what I saw happening locally with my programs, but also everything kind of across the country was that millions and millions of dollars being pumped into tech education. And, and we haven't seen as much progress as we would have hoped. Um, and so kind of reflecting on that, I actually had a pretty amazing experience that kind of changed my life. Um, and that was, I was walking downtown uh, Watsonville, which is the community where I work in and predominantly a farm worker community. Uh, and it was a cold kind of central coast evening. It was in October. So like the fog rolled in and, and I saw a young woman sitting outside of a building, kind of typing away on a computer. And uh, I went up to her because I could tell she was cold and kind of curious about what she was doing. And and I said, hey, I'm Jacob, and I'm involved in tech education. I'm just kind of curious. What are you doing sitting here? And she told me that uh, she's like, oh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm doing research for a paper from my class, and I'm in community college. And I said, yeah, but what are you doing sitting outside? I could tell you're cold. And she says, well, I don't have the internet at home. I can't afford to go to Starbucks. Um, the library is closed. So I'm sitting, tapping into the Wi-Fi of this building. And that just hit me. I just like to the core, like I've been doing all this work for all these years and bringing millions of dollars into the community and, and, you know, and the needle, the needle hasn't moved. Like we don't have like basic access to tech. Um, it just so happened two weeks later, I was having coffee with a friend of mine who was a founder of a co-working space. 
and I was telling him this exact same story. And I said, Oh man, Jeremy, like there's this young woman, brilliant, tons of talent, but like hitting these barriers, like we need a co-working space for you. And, um, uh, he's like, yeah, I think it was a great idea. You should do it. And it should be something like you should do something separate. I was trying to encourage him to do it as part of his co-working model. Um, and, uh, decided to, go for it. And what I did was one of the things I remember on all that work that I did with the, with the students was taking them on these amazing field trips to Google and Facebook and Apple and taking them everywhere and these amazing environments. And these are farm work, kids are farm workers predominantly. And so being in these environments, they're so excited to be there, just the free food, the music, the cool furniture, the work, you know, all this, like, like anything you needed, like these companies were throwing at their employees. And so these kids are so excited to be in these environments. And so I said, what if I took, that model of a tech campus and I brought it to communities like Watsonville, um, communities that have been forgotten. And, and then, but there's where there's tons of talent and layering on training and education and really start challenging Silicon Valley to come to us instead of us always going to them. And uh, 2014, put all this down on paper, uh, put it in front of a, potential donor and um, he and his wife uh, loved the vision for it and put down the first hundred thousand dollars to launch the digital nest. I just had shivers while you were telling that story. I mean, that's just, I, I don't think people think enough about access to internet because so many of us have it. Our audience yeah. has it obviously, because they're listening to us. Yeah. What have well, you seen since you started doing this then what changes to these lives have you seen well it's crazy you know like back i mean everybody sees it now because of COVID. i mean it's been in the it's been all over the press right like broadband access uh the workforce not being ready businesses not being ready um uh like all of these um all of these things that we're now seeing in COVID, we saw back, I mean, they've been around forever. Like our, our youth have been disconnected. Our businesses have been disconnected. Uh, the workforce is not ready. Like these are all things we saw. Education is not, is focusing pure, mostly purely on math and English and, and not really training young people for workforce. Um, uh, so there's these gaps that we've seen you know, forever. And then kind of COVID came and then we all kind of like, oh my God, we need to connect people. And the rural communities are not connected and kids are not prepared and college students are coming out and not prepared for jobs. And um, so, we, you know, we've been seeing this for some time um, in terms of like what we've seen with the Nest. Um, the, the biggest change we've seen with a lot of our youth is they finally have uh, a brand they have digital nests to throw on their resumes. Uh, it's being recognized now as we're growing and scaling. More and more communities are and businesses and, and are seeing digital nests and recognizing digital nests. So it's the fraternity, the sorority, the Ivy League uh, school that kids, privileged kids leverage for jobs and opportunities um, that our kids are now able to leverage digital nests for jobs and opportunities. Yeah. And you've had a lot of growth since 2014. I know that I was just reading some stats about you've been able to provide 
you know, for more than 2,000 young people. And three years later, you were able to open up your second location. Um, you know, how does how does all that feel when you see that growth? And what do you feel was the recipe or, you know, the guiding the guidance for all that? Yeah, so um, I feel uh, like I've aged a lot. <laughs> I used to have tons of black, beautiful hair. Now it's all gray and gone. Um, all for a good cause. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it for the cause, yeah. Um, Your but, future uh, hat investments. <laughs> yeah, more and more hats. Um, yeah, the uh, rumors about a hat line true or? Hey, I should get youth on that. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so we've, we've opened in 2017, the city of Salinas, um, which is a farm worker community. It's, they call it the salad bowl of the world. It's majority of the produce that anybody eats across this country comes from Salinas Valley. Um, mm. they approached me because they were seeing more and more ag tech happening, agricultural technology happening in their community, more startups, but there's no workforce to support it. So, um, we opened up our second center in Salinas in 2017, um, which is great. And um, uh, we're doing a lot of great work there. Um, and then we just announced uh, that we're looking to open up our third location in Gilroy, uh, which is the garlic capital of the world. I actually uh, knew that. Did you? Yeah, that's where most of your garlic comes from. You know, Watsonville, strawberry capital of the world. Uh, it's also the home of Martinelli's. Uh, Oh, okay. so a lot of apples, um, but uh, yeah. So we're we're this will be three locations, uh, and then we have aspirations of opening six more throughout the Bay Area. Now, are you from? Are you from the area that uh, I wasn't sure because I've always wanted to ask you if you were from the Salinas area. Yeah, it's um, I've actually lived in Watsonville longer than anywhere in my life now, okay. but I'm originally from Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. So what brought you to where you are now? Uh, geographically, what brought me here? Mm -hmm. uh, I went to UC Santa Cruz. And so I had a long kind of route to get to UCSC. Um, but um, went to UC Santa Cruz, which is just Santa Cruz, just north of Watsonville. And, uh, I, I'm actually a biology major and uh, uh, graduated took me seven years to graduate through college, just between community college and, and whatnot, working. Um, so I went to UCSU as a bio major, um, was going to go off to grad school in biology. Um, but I was on the verge of getting married and making no money. I was working at Falafel of Santa Cruz and making falafels. And um, I asked... Uh, around campus, like I need to make more money. Is, is there any jobs? And there was a diversity program to try to get more people of color in STEM on campus that needed an admin assistant. And they said, "Hey, we got this admin job. Or, you know, are you interested?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll take it." And I found myself counseling students of color. And so, mm -hmm. students um, in physics and chem and bio would come into the office and you know, asking questions of how to get into labs or struggling, you know, with their classes and not feeling like they belong or, you know, just, you know, the math, they weren't ready for the math courses and just me like counseling them. And that's where I found my passion and uh, working with students of color and STEM kind of one job kind of led to the next and found myself working, doing a lot of outreach in the community of Watsonville. And, 
my wife started working in Watsonville as well. So we spent a lot of time in Watsonville and it's, it's beautiful community um, yeah. and decided to, you know, plan our roots and raise our family in Watsonville. Now, how, how crucial do you feel like in terms of diversity and one of the barriers being cited that, you know, people of color look, including myself, like, how do we feel, like, how crucial do you feel it is when people are saying, oh, I don't see people who look like me, or I don't feel like this is for me? Like, do you think that that's, how major of a barrier do you feel that is? And, you know, in terms of people not succeeding? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. You know, um, before my work with Digital Nest, I was running these programs in all the schools and trying to get students in computer science. And we would have youth graduate high school saying they're going to go pursue computer science and then they would go off to school and then winter break would come around i'd see them around town and they would avoid me you know they would like not, not want to talk to me and i was like so I'd, hey so stephanie what are you doing come over here you know and she'd come over and she's like i'm not doing computer science anymore i switched over to social science and I felt like she disappointed me you know and I was like, you know, don't worry. Like, you're not disappointing me. Like, it's like, what happened? And she's like, I just didn't feel like I belonged there. And, you know, I wasn't prepared enough. And all the other kids were so more, more advanced with their math and their science. Like, I just didn't belong, you know. And um, there was no a, a weird way of saying there's no Jacob up there. There was no Jacob on their campuses, you know. And so it's mm -hmm. true. Like, we, we support youth. Um, that's why... With Digital Nest, we've decided to go 14 to 24. You know, from beginning of high school through all your transitions, post college graduation, and into your job. And once you're a nester, you're always a nester because youth. I have 28 year olds that were part of Digital Nest that are still calling me and needing support, or calling my staff and need support, or need the hookup, need a job, need an intro, or applying here. Do you, do you know anybody at this company? Like, like yeah. this is. Uh, you know, they're 27, 28 years old and they still need help and need support because they, they're it, when they land in these universities, when they land in these companies, they're those universities and, and, and companies are not prepared for our youth, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, what, you know, they'll, they'll get one, one month a year, they'll celebrate Hispanic heritage month, you know, and, yeah. and I mean, that's like, that's it. Yeah. That's the way they, you know, support. So, yeah, the support system, I think is very, very crucial. You know, I just want, I'm glad that we're discussing this um, because I just know from my own journey that I, you know, I wish I would have had more support, which is why I'm so like passionate on being an advocate for others because I just didn't have it. And, you know, and it's beyond just like the skill sets, like, you know, the networking is a piece that sometimes that we're not trained on or just like, you know, the how to navigate. So I totally, that's why I just totally love the work that you're doing. Yeah, I love this community you're creating within a community and you're creating the next generation who is going to support the next generation after that, too. And really letting people know that they're important, not just for a year, not just for the next year, but even when things get hard, you're going to continue to support them. I mean, that you, you mentioned it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the support and that's, you know, any, anybody could teach 
curriculum. Like the curriculum that we're doing, it's good. it's really good curriculum. We've designed it, but it's still like there's a, there's other options out there, right? There's youth centers that you know that people could go and feel safe and those like. So, um, but what's really you you kind of nailed on it um, is a community, and it's the mm-hmm. supports and and a perfect example is and this one young guy Martin who. Um, we've been working with since you know, for a long time from the beginning and he's now at working at a startup. Another young guy, uh, this guy, Alex came through. Um, he, we, he was a San Jose state student. We got him an internship at the startup. That internship got acquired. Uh, sorry, that company got acquired and then he became an engineer for that company. Uh, graduated from San Jose state was an engineer for that company. Um, and then left that company because the company was based out of Texas and he didn't want to move to Texas. So he left the company. Um, and then he comes to me and says, Jacob, I need, a, I need a job. I need to find something. So I connected him with Martin, who works with this other startup in San Francisco. And Martin talked to his CEO and said, hey, I got this great guy, another digital NAS member. Like, let's bring him into the company. So now Alex and Martin are working together at this company. And like that, that's the, that's what we need to do, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the community that we're building. And now we're, our youth are pulling up other youth. And now those two guys are looking for the next one to bring into their company. Like yeah. that's, that's gold. Like that's how you yeah. shift systems. That's how we, that's how we break the cycle. You know, it's like yeah. us pulling each other up and um, it's, it's, that's, that's the secret of the nest is building that community. Uh, who was it? Michelle Obama, uh, at the Democratic National Convention a few years ago said, lift while we climb. And that's that's exactly what I hear in the stories you're telling. While you're lifting others up, yourself included, you're bringing others with you and your students are now bringing others with you too. And that's just going to expand. And what an amazing cycle to start. Absolutely. That's how we shift communities from within, you know, is pulling people up, getting our youth employed, getting them into good jobs, then buying homes in our communities so and not being pushed out. Like, that's, this is how we do it. Can you talk a little bit about the strength that you were able to see in community um, with COVID-19? Um, so I know, you know, 2020, you had the, um, you know, you had, Sorry, <laughs> you know, you had you were about to start, um, you know, on a more growth path, and um, you were relocating because I I do remember about relocating Selena's uh, downtown mm-hmm. to the firehouse, and but then I know you know COVID hit. COVID so hit. how has? Can you just talk a little bit about how that journey's been? And <laughs> yeah, it's you know it's crazy. You know, I, I still remember it was like March like sixteenth. We had a board meeting and here at the Nest in Watsonville and the boards all together and I'm saying, Oh, you know, we really need to watch this COVID thing. Like it's gonna, it looks like it's picking up. And then literally by that following Monday, I was calling all my staff saying, everybody's working from home. Like you have two weeks, like take two weeks paid, figure out your family situation. If you could work great, if not, no pressure, but just like just take care of yourself. And we on the other side of the, with the board and, And my leadership team were looking at how do we, like, how do we start looking at like contingency plans? Like, 
what if philanthropy freezes? What if this thing goes on for a long time? Like, you know, we were like planning. And so we started talking about, all right, we're going to start cutting from the top down, right? We're going to cut salaries from the top because we got to kind of, um, you know, put, you know, just be careful. And about three, four weeks into COVID, so like beginning April, we started getting a lot of requests from the community for support. So um, people needing uh, um, like uh, um, the county health department needing information pushed out around COVID. Uh, a local clinic, Salud para la Gente, reached out to us and said, hey, we need a video in Spanish around COVID. The school district, as we're going further and further in, we're saying we got to do a virtual graduation. We had kindergarten teachers saying we're, we're doing this stuff virtually. We need, we, we're not prepared for this. We need videos or content created for kindergartners to keep them engaged, you know, mm -hmm. virtually. And we need help, you know. So what I told the staff was whatever the community needs, do it. Like, just go. And if we go down, if we run out of money, at least we could say we went down helping the community and I'll be proud and, you know, it would be a great story and I'm, I'm, we'll all be happy. Um, but the opposite thing happened. So when we were started like leaning in and doing more, people started seeing all the work that we were doing and we were being called essential. Digital Nest was being called essential. And so we started seeing an influx of like support mm -hmm. um, and an influx of of communities saying we need a digital nest in our community as well. So, you know, we, 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 we weren't ready for this. Our youth weren't ready. Our work employers weren't ready. We need digital nest in our community to address this pandemic and recovery. In addition to be ready for when this thing happens again to our communities, when there's a crisis in our communities, we need a strong workforce of youth ready to kind of mobilize and get active. And so, um, COVID's been challenging. Uh, you know, we're trying to support our youth, our families, our, our staff, and our staff are often living in the same kind of conditions as our youth. So how do we support our staff? Um, it's been challenging, but it's also been um, an opportunity for the Digital Nest to uh, help more kids, help more communities. Yeah, and it, it probably also just speaks to the to the how you've been able to prepare the youth to enter the workforce. And then you get a chance, you know, an opportunity to show that you are an anchor for the community. So I just think that worked out really well. Absolutely. Um, now, what do you, like, I know we talked a little bit before um, about, like, the dynamics of teleworking and how you feel that's affecting the community. Um, and then also maybe just going into, like, where you, how to maybe shift it like the vision or like maybe what digital nest plans to do going forward. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this it's, it's a double edged sword and to be determined how, um, this working remotely all pans out. Um, you hear some people say, well, this is great for digital nest because your youth can, uh, can still live in their community and there's all these jobs available for them. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but our youth need community and mm -hmm. our youth are young professionals. And I, you know, some of, I call them youth, but some of them are in their early twenties. Right. But yeah. they need community, they need mentorship. And it's just not the same virtually, you know, yeah. and we're training our youth to like 
be present and speak up in meetings and hold space. And it's hard to do that virtually. So there's that side of it, as well as like, this is also giving people the opportunity to move into our communities and keep their jobs. So there's an opportunity for people from all these big tech companies to move into our communities, get buy bigger homes, buy land for a fraction of the cost of cost it would have been like Silicon Valley, but they're still close enough to Silicon Valley that if they never need to go into the office, they can. So it's, it's an hour, hour and a half drive. Um, but we're seeing it, you know, the person who lives across from across the street from me and wants it was a Google employee. And he's saying, Oh, this is, this is great. I'm, yeah. you know, I have this beautiful home and if I need to go into the office, I can, you know, so I don't know how this is all going to, pan out for our communities like it's just a good thing working remotely being you know kids our our youth don't have to leave the community it's um i I don't know i don't know how our communities are going to shift and you know so i'm watching closely and trying to do what i can to make sure our youth are at the forefront of people's discussions and people's minds now you like how far are you you, i think you're about what an hour two hours out from this from silicon valley I'm like 45 minutes from San Jose with no traffic. Oh, San Jose. Yeah, okay. so mm-hmm. yeah, so San Jose um, and Gilroy's we're opening our third location is about 30 minutes from San Jose with with no traffic. So um, we're looking at communities that surround that are within an hour and a half, or within an hour and a half to a tech hub. So we're looking at communities on like an hour and a half east of Oakland, north of San Francisco, south mm-hmm. of San Jose. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I was asking about location is because I know we're here on a high level with infrastructure as far as internet infrastructure. Um, a lot of times rural communities are not as developed. So I was just curious, like how the infrastructure was, um, you know, um, in your near your locations. Um, it sounds like they're pretty, they may be pretty decent or solid or. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's. Um... It's better um, than it was, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Um, and these, you know, the cities are pushing to, to building infrastructure just because um, they they know. Well, businesses are looking now to move into their communities. The companies are looking to expand a little bit because it's cheaper. Um, but again, close enough to the valley that they could not too far away. So, so I think cities are pretty encouraged to building infrastructure out. Okay. Yeah, I know you touched a little bit upon, you know, the question that I'm sure you get all the time is, you know, your expansion goals. Like, I know you're expanding local to California, but have you ever thought of, I'm sure people from across the U.S. have asked, I don't know, outside the U.S., but um, for those maybe who just have that question, like what type of formula do you use or recommend, you know, when you're doing these type of, you know, setups or advancements in the community? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, I, yeah, I get asked this a lot, like where's next, you know, and um, right now we're committed to the Bay area and this may be enough. Like it might just be enough. Um, because if you think about the reach of Silicon Valley, it's global, right? So um, maybe if we're six, when we're successful and we're, feeling and we're feeding a pipeline of talent 
into these companies and they're transforming the companies, that transformation could be felt globally. You know, uh, so if we're starting to get more representation in tech and those companies are now building products that reflect those communities, then then that impact is felt globally. And that's a win. Like maybe that's just enough, you know? Uh, I mean, God, how cool would that be if we're feeling the effects of digital nest youth globally? Um, yeah. But, you know, I also think like, um, I, al- I also think like, um, is this, are we, imagine when there was two or three boys and girls clubs, you know, or is that where we're at right now in, in the history of digital nest when there's two going to be three digital nest and we, you know, we have aspirations open a total of nine in the next three years. Like, is that what we're feeling? And like, is that like the early days of boys and girls club? They were sitting around, probably not podcasting. There's no podcasting back then, but <laughs> they sit around talking about like, Oh, maybe we'll be in more communities one day. And imagine, will we see a digital nest in every forgotten community across this country? Um, who, who knows? Maybe that's what we're, maybe that's where we're sitting right now, Alan. Yeah. I mean, you make it, I know you've made a distinction a little bit difference between um, the forgotten communities versus urban urban centers. Like, do you feel that there is a different nuance to that? Or um, so I just definitely would like you to share that with the audience. Yeah, I think, you know, that's another question I get asked. When are you coming to, you know, San Jose, Los Angeles, Austin, Boulder, you know, like all these uh, big New cities. New York City, hello. New, no. New York City, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, there's a lot of programs, a lot of initiatives that happen in urban centers already. Um, plus, there's also just like, you know, you're a young person. And there's a lot of need in urban centers. Like, the need's there. Mm-hmm. It's not that there's a lack of need or like the youth have everything there. But, um, but it, if you're a young person in Los Angeles, New York, Boston, San Francisco, you walk around your city, you see people in suits, you see high, you see high rises, you see Twitter headquarters, you see Facebook, you see Google offices, like you see it exists in your community, you know, maybe not like your neighborhood, but like in your city, in your community, it, you yeah. see it. Our youth don't see it. Youth in our communities don't see it. They don't, very rarely they see people dressed up in suits. If they do, they're probably doctors, lawyers, insurance, you know, like business, like folk, you know, they don't see Google signs in their neighborhoods, in their communities. They don't see, uh, you know, they don't see Tesla's driving around. Like, so, and they're, they're not getting the equal investment. They're not getting the resources that urban, like we don't have, um, there's not a lot of opportunities for you to go to different places in our community for safe space for education after school. It's usually just on the after school program campus and that's it, you know, okay. but there's no, there's not a bunch of youth centers. There's not a bunch of things okay. like, so, um, so we're pretty focused and it gives us our own little like niche, you know, but um, we're pretty focused on communities that surround urban centers. Okay. Yeah, because I was gonna, I was just gonna argue to the point that even though you know, urban, you know, being in more urban environments, you do see it. Sometimes you're still so removed from it um, because of gaps or um, just the way the cities. 
you know, allocation of funds or whatever goes down. But no, I totally see what you're saying as well. Um, and I think I mean, maybe it's maybe it's on maybe it's on the horizon. Maybe it's down in our future somewhere of like, hey, let, what would a digital nest in downtown New York look like? You know, like maybe, you know. Yeah, we don't, you, don't, you know, you can be outside of Manhattan. It doesn't have to be downtown. It can be in the, <laughs> in the outer boroughs. But uh, I guess the other question I'm sure you get as well is like the pipeline problem. Like, I guess I just want to ask, do you feel there is one? And to anyone who does tell you that there is, what would your response be? Oh, man, this is stuff. This is such a tough question. You know, where's the problem? I definitely, just to kind of get you started, I do think some of it does have to do with the support and maybe people not understanding the nuance, but I'll let you finish. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, there's problems that exist all throughout, I hate using the word pipeline, but all throughout the process. Like our schools are not, our schools have computer labs. But those computer labs are used for used for math and reading intervention. They're not used for exploration, creativity, yeah. and space for you to explore and create and build. And you know, like they're not used for that. Counselors are not prepared to guide students in technology-related careers. And counselors are prepared to direct students to college, community college, or good luck, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you know, and that's not no fault of counselors. Like they're just not enough counselors. Yeah. Um, so can we, then you then kids land in community college and they have the, the challenges of um, navigating through community college where it's hard to get out of there in two years nowadays. Like it's three years it's really because often a lot of our kids are working at the same time and have pressures at home and uh, parents don't understand like how, tech can really like really like kids sitting around a computer all day they parents often think the kids are just goofing around and gaming and social media right they don't see how it could be a career and then kids the ones that get into college like they go to college the colleges are not prepared to, to receive them yeah. you know and then and then colleges this is the problem with college they have they have you know, you're, you're told you're told to do good in middle school to go do well in high school. You're told well to do good in high school to go to college. You're told to do good in college that you graduate, and that's where it stops. Yeah. You cross you cross that stage. You get your certificate. Colleges say, "Good luck." You know, will you be a, will you be a donor of our alumni? You know, will you be an alumni donor? And that's that's literally the engagement in universities post graduation is will you donate back to the university? There's no, there's no helping them get land a job. There's no supporting them landing their first few, you know, while they're in a job, you know. And so there's all these like opportunities for youth to fall off. Yeah, and Sarah was just sharing too on that. Forty, only forty-eight percent of universities are providing data education. That was reported in Forrester. So, to your point, I also think that we're not. It sounds like what you're saying, and what I also feel is like we're not preparing young people for a career. We're just kind of per se, or we're not deviating. Like we're not caught up with what's happening in the present in terms of like opportunities that could, you know, that you can get that may not be how things used to be. So for example, you talked about the gaming, you talked about, and there's definitely more entrepreneurship happening because of the online world. So I think education hasn't caught up (laughs) to present times to some degree. 
I don't know if you agree or disagree, but um, yeah, you know, um, good luck finding a data class in high school. I know it's just you're not going to find it, <laughs> even though every every go talk to every company and every company is going to say we need people to understand data. Like they don't have to be data scientists, but you have to be comfortable managing data. Like yep. you know, you know, and um, good luck finding a class. Like you just won't, you know. Um, or if if it is, it's very just like brushed over. Like you know, uh, it's not like you know really comprehensive. And then also like talk to a high schooler hey you want to come take a data class they're gonna be like what like i'm not taking a data class you know but can we can we shift education and start being creative and like hey kid do you want to learn how to get more followers on your social media yeah well let's show you this kid uses data to build their social media platform this kid doesn't let's look at the difference between the number of followers they have like kids would be like Boom, they'll be in it, you know, then they can, they can see how data is relevant to their interest as well as like, and then you layer on. And by the way, you want to make money? Well, here's all these job opportunities for you if you focus on data, you know, like, so there's just those things I think our school system is way behind. Even our college education system is way behind. Um, our employers don't know how to invest in education to, you know, build that talent. So it's, yeah. it's a big, it's a, it's a big mess, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're reaching that time now. Um, I can talk about this a few for all day, <laughs> but um, we definitely need to start um, winding up. But I definitely, again, this is why one of the reasons we wanted you because, you know, we, Sarah and I, we have, you know, we're very passionate about data literacy. We have a platform for advocates and the work that you're doing to me is like a perfect example, you know, like, a roadmap or blueprint for people. So I guess the, one of the questions I have as we wind up is like, how can we, how can, you know, we help, you know, invest in digital nest, our community invest in digital nest. What can we do um, to help invest in your organization so we can have platforms like yours still around? Yeah. Well, we've talked about this a few times and that's community. Like that's what digital nest is. And so we want to invite you all into the, into our community. And like, that's how we grown is because community support uh, everything from five dollar donations to on to on up to like mentors to people mm -hmm. coming in and, and donating equipment um, so you can visit us at digitalnest.org um, yeah. 70% of our total funding comes from individual donors oh okay. so that's we we care about our donors uh, donors are they believe in us they support us and so we need you. We need every donor. Um, and this is an opportunity for them to be a part of something to really transform youth lives and, and help us bring this to more, to more youth okay. and more communities. Yeah. So and, digital nest.org. Okay. Yeah. We're definitely going to share the link. We, and we've also, like I said, we've shared your post. We have your post on the site, but yeah, we're definitely um, share the link and then we'll be promoting that. Um, and also there's another rumor out there. That's a seven, you have a seven year, um, uh, gala event happening coming soon <laughs> later this year <laughs> we do we do so we're pretty excited it is going to be on november 17th it's a virtual event and it's um the people who came to our event last year was virtual yeah. and they said it was the best virtual event ever like they went to during covid so 
we do and the coolest thing about it is our youth produced the whole thing so yeah i was there i was at the last one i really i i was impressed i liked it the excitement was there uh you had your whole family there cutting cake so no i'm looking forward it's only one hour so we do it like we're not you're not on there all you know for a long period of time it's one hour to be ways to get engaged our youth do it it's super cool uh, we have special guests pop in and stuff. So um, it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Anything anything this year that we should be looking forward to that you're going to do to, like, go further, like, take it over the top? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we're... You don't we have to reveal, to get, but you can just get us excited. <laughs> yeah. We definitely, we will be announcing within the next six months, maybe sooner, the next two locations. So okay. sites four and five. Um, and we, you know, we're, we're working on opening up Gilroy right now. So we, our plans to hope, hopefully have that open early next year, January, February of next year. Um, but yeah, uh, digital nest, hopefully coming to a town near you. All right. Yeah, we don't definitely, you're definitely, we have decided that you're a guest of the podcast, a friend of the podcast. So we'll definitely be looking forward to having you back, but, um, yeah, thanks, Jacob. We really appreciate you coming. And, you know, Sarah and I just, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you both for having me. All right. So we'll talk to everyone soon. All right. Bye. Bye.